This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, um, God certainly wants us to prosper. And um, we need to uh, um, approach God's word. All of God's word. Take the entire counsel of God's word. Sometimes, what we find that happens is that, just like any Bible truth, there's a ditch on this side, there's a ditch on the other side, or there's a truth in the middle of the road. For instance, I believe in divine healing, right? I believe in divine healing. God's word teaches divine healing. That's a truth in the middle of the road. On one side of the ditch, some people say that, God uses sickness to teach us a lesson. Is that correct? That can't be correct. But on the other ditch, some people that teach divine healing say, D for devil, D for drugs, D for doctors. That you should never get medical help. Is that correct? That couldn't be correct either. You know, that's extreme. It's true there's divine healing in God's word. But it's not the devil that gave man the knowledge of medical science. Do you see that? So yes, I believe in divine healing. But I'll also tell a person, if you need medical help, go get it. Water baptism. Does the Bible teach water baptism? It does. Now, on one ditch, some people say, except you're baptized, except they baptize you, according to a baptismal formula, in the name of Jesus only, you are not saved. You'll go to hell when you die. On the other side, some people say water baptism is not for today. And it's not scriptural. But is that true? That's extreme. It's like the communion table. Some people say that that bread is actually Jesus' body. That wine is actually Jesus' blood. Can that be true? But on the other extreme, some people say that no, uh, communion table is a Jewish feast. And that it's not for the church. But Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, 23, I've received of the Lord that which also I have delivered unto you. That the same night in which Jesus was betrayed, he took the, uh, the bread, he broke it and said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do remember of me. After the same man, I took the cup. After he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Who is showing his death? Of course, if something is showing his death, it means it was after he died. And he said, till he come. Has he come yet? I know there was Passover as a Jewish feast. Exodus 11, Exodus 12. But you see, to now say that all it is is just a Jewish feast. Uh, do you see that? Same thing. You know, some people say that um, the only people who are anointed are the ministry gifts. The laity, no, God doesn't deal with them. It's only ministry gifts. They are the ones that God is using. God can't use anybody else, you know. And that ministry gifts are a special class of people. That the laity, they are just the common man. On the other side of that, some people say that, look, forget about ministry gifts. God is using everybody. In fact, there are apostles in the marketplace. There are prophets in the marketplace. And that we all have the same status. And that there's nothing like a ministry office that some people have. Is that also true? It's not. So the truth is in the middle of the road. And that's how we need to pursue truth. Same thing we've done with money. 
on one ditch some people say that money is evil and that god doesn't want us to have money and that poverty you know is when we suffer when we suffer and part of what we are to suffer is to suffer lack and that it brings god glory cannot be correct it can be on the other side some people say that getting rich really is the object of faith that the reason why we have faith is so that we can get rich that couldn't be correct either the truth is in the middle of the road the truth is in the middle of the road you know some say god wants his children poor some say god's main interest is in our material well-being both are extremes so we must learn to pursue truth in a balanced way in a balanced way not going to extremes on either side of the ditch now what's funny also is that in as much as i'm an advocate of balance i also know that sometimes extremes are necessary that's what's funny you see no revival has ever been started with balance you can't have revival like that usually the body of christ you know is like a pendulum swinging from one extreme to another extreme and sometimes people are on one ditch on one side in order to get them out of that ditch you know it's like in recent years there's a, there's been an emphasis on grace right do i think personally that some things perhaps might have been pushed a little bit to an extreme perhaps but you see some are on one extreme of legalism they needed such extreme emphasis to get them out and then usually after we've gotten after a, a move starts with almost extreme emphasis that's it nobody who does anything substantial no movement ever started with balanced emphasis no way it's there is either feverish passion in preaching or extreme intercession there's something that's really strong to get it started but this is it you can't maintain that move with extreme emphasis you may need extreme emphasis to get it started to jolt people's attention to get people to see that look there's something on this other side like the healing revival there was such a strong emphasis on divine healing but now once that move has gotten started to get it going you can have extreme application there must be a balance in the application you can't live as a christian with extreme emphasis you can't yes sometimes an extreme emphasis is necessary to jolt us and to get us to see something but then to now keep moving we need a balanced approach does that make sense yeah it's like prosperity you know there was such a ditch the church was on such a ditch on one side that it took strong emphasis to get us to see that god wants us to prosper but now we can continue emphasizing it in that extreme way to get us moving to get anybody to have a a balanced christian life right so in the application of that truth we need some balance amen we need some balance and sometimes just some practical wisdom and common sense that will save us a lot of trouble like prosperity does the bible teach giving it does but is it giving is giving the only thing that will gospel to prosper that's a lie that's a lie there's more to prosperity than giving there's the place of diligence the bible says the hand of the diligent will be a rule there's such a thing as a good work ethic 
there's such a thing as doing some courses there are some courses if that's the course you study and you are working with that training you are more likely to attract a higher pay am i correct it's just the truth there are some things that if you study this even if you don't get a job you can start something on your own that's just the truth so to teach prosperity as though it's only about giving it's not correct there's a place of diligence there's a place of good ethics there's a place of you know having manners in your place of work some people are not being promoted because they are nasty to their boss now your job is not your source it's not but look it's a channel through which god brings uh uh money to you isn't it it's a channel are there certain things that a fellow can do that can cause him to prosper some more even in a space of work certainly so you see it's a whole message it's a balanced message there's a place also of being led by the spirit of god brother higgins said in february 1959 the lord told him he said if you follow the inward witness i will make you rich i'm not opposed to my children being rich i'm only opposed to their being covetous there's a place of the spirit of god leading you as to what to invest in what not to invest in what to do what not to do what to do with your money what not to do with your money now while that is true and the spirit of god can lead you there are also going to be some times where you don't expressly have a leading either to invest in this or not invest in that either to do this or not do that in cases like that there's a place of just what is the wise thing to do isn't it yeah some things look when i woke up this morning i didn't check my spirit whether i should brush my teeth aren't you glad i didn't i didn't check my spirit whether i should have my bath i didn't need to so there is there the place of the natural there is pastor higgins says this that when you combine the natural with the supernatural that's when we become an explosive force for god learn all you get all the education you can get learn all what you can learn be the best you can be in your field of endeavor put in your best into what you do see all that goes with the prosperity message there's a place of wisdom in dealing wisely in the affairs of life amen and that's the part that's a part of the prosperity message joshua 1 8 this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous and then thou shalt have good success amen so practicing god's word doing all of god's word walking in love living right you see all that comes together and it's not just about giving is giving a part of it yes it is but there's more to prosperity than giving there are people who have never tithed a day in their life and they are billionaires it's a fact amen so there's a whole lot more to prosperity than just emphasizing giving but giving is a major part of it now the thing is this what i've learned is there's just something about the entire counsel of god's word you see i've learned that there are certain things that the bible emphasizes a lot and there are certain things the bible just mentions i've learned to be silent where the testament is silent and to be loud where it's loud you see in acts 20 27 paul said he did not shun to declare unto them all the counsel of god as a preacher and a teacher a minister of the gospel 
you want to present a balanced message if all you preach about is prosperity it won't be long before folks will start accusing you of you're just about money and you're just about getting their money and we won't be able to blame them for thinking like that why we must present a balanced message now is it true that sometimes god calls some people as specialists to emphasize certain truths yes he does but even if you're a specialist you want to be careful not to give the impression that there's just is just one truth that's important you don't want to give that impression you don't want to give that impression because it takes the entire counsel of god's word especially in a local church a pastor cannot be a specialist a pastor should not be a specialist a pastor is meant to teach his people everything and now if there are some things you don't know so much about invite someone to come and teach it who knows it because we need matthew 4 4 says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of god second timothy 3 16 and 17 all scripture is given by the inspiration of god and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the man of god may be perfect thoroughly furnished unto every good work so for the man of god to be thoroughly furnished unto every good work for him to be mature the way god wants him he needs all scripture he needs a balanced diet and what constitutes a balanced diet is not necessarily uh everything in the same proportion no but you see there are some things the word of god emphasizes some things the word of god mentions let's just put the same emphasis on things that the word of god puts on them does that make sense and emphasize what god emphasizes and mention what god mentions the thinking sometimes is this if a little bit of something is good then more of it is better but that's not necessarily so if you think it's necessarily so when you want to eat supper tonight just you know try a little bit of salt first you know a little bit of salt in your food is good then well if a little bit of salt is good what of more salt now carry take a handful of salt you know or three handfuls of salt so that since little is good maybe more should be better no more won't be better it'll ruin your kidneys do you see that so let's just put the emphasis on what god puts the emphasis on and let's present a balanced message now when it comes to giving and when it comes to good ground to sow into a few tips that can help us in determining you want to ask yourself you know now just before i say that remember what i said your tithe belongs to your local church and that's primary belongs to your local church now should you also give offerings to your local church you should are there also uh, worthy ministries that even local churches could partner with as well as individuals could partner with and support and give offerings to absolutely absolutely now how do you determine what kind of ministry that is a good soil to sow into that is good ground to sow into a few things first you want to ask yourself how many people are being born again and filled with the holy spirit there are they emphasizing the new birth or they really don't care about people getting saved or they really don't care about people getting filled with the holy ghost you want to see that you want to ask yourself how many people have been established and strengthened in the faith through the outreaches of that ministry how many people are they getting people established in the faith are believers growing to maturity you want to ask yourself is multiplication taking place are ministers being produced 
are churches being established as a result of what that ministry is doing a minister has been produced a church is getting planted a church is coming out of it you want to ask yourself is good being accomplished in the world and in the body of christ through that ministry is there any good that's been accomplished is there any good that's coming to the world what are they doing about world evangelization what are they doing in impacting society impacting the world around them you want to also ask yourself the message that they are putting out is it a message of truth is it truth or is it error is it extreme emphasis you also want to check this out is that ministry are they in that ministry are they good stewards of God's finances are they good stewards of God's finances if you give money to something is the money going to go where you give it to do they have accountability with their resources then other questions to ask are the methods used in that ministry and in fundraising are they ethical and wholesome how they raise money is it ethical the methods they use to raise money are they wholesome well questions to ask good questions are there ministers and that ministry are they financially accountable you see those are good questions if all these boxes are ticked i guess such a ministry is good ground amen and then are there also some things that are red flags and that once you see those red flags you want to tell yourself there's fire on the mountain wrong 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 there's fire on the mountain wrong 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 how can you know when there's fire on the mountain a few things to check out do they exact pressure to give or encourage impulsive giving by saying you must give now do they pressure you to give anytime you see people pressuring you you know those are red flags those are red flags do they make suggestions of condemnation and try to put people under a guilt trip if they don't give you see anywhere you see some of these things they are red flags and they are telling you no this is danger danger zone danger zone danger zone do they use hype emotionalism spiritual manipulation such as prophesying money out of people's pockets oh you think that's far-fetched it's not I've seen people do it god told me you should give me this and this idea hey god is not a thief he's not stealing people's monies out of other people's pockets amen do they make outlandish promises like everyone who gives now will receive you know a thousand times what they give or before the year is out to become a millionaire sometimes i go to facebook someone posts something says anybody who says amen you know this will happen to them you know it's just somebody who wants to have comments and wants to have a lot of likes and many times it may not be the person that actually that they're crediting the statement to the person may never have said that it's just someone that wants to use what they said but are those things true they're not true anyone who says amen to this statement will not die this year <laughs> you know or you've received a message you know send this message out to 20 people 
If you send it out to 20 people, you have good luck. will happen to you. If you keep it to yourself, it will bring a bad omen. So and so kept it to himself. The next day he had an accident. So and so. Just delete the nonsense thing. God is not a... God is not, God is not Babalao. Amen. Do they promote the local church? Do they promote the local church? Or do they project the idea that their ministry is the only ministry worth supporting? Anytime anybody begins to talk like that, it's a red flag. It's a red flag. You should promote the local church. People's local churches ought to come first. You see, if you are sick, it's your pastor that will come and visit you. If your grandmother dies or your great-grandfather, they want to turn his back. Maybe he died 50 years ago and they want to turn his back. You know, some of those things that we sometimes do in our culture. You're not going to get the internet pastor to do it. If you're going through a test or a trial, it's your pastor that's going to be there for you. So you see, people should promote the local church. Jesus said he saw them as sheep without a shepherd. You see, when sheep don't have a shepherd, they get scattered. Sheep need a shepherd. Praise God. Do they spend more time and energy raising money than in doing the actual work of ministry? Do they spend more time and effort raising money than in ministry work? Do they build money appeals around gimmicks and emotionalism? Oh, I was in a meeting one time. Somebody took a prayer request. The person said he was traveling to Israel. Are you listening? And that people should send in their prayer request and include an offering with it. And that um, he would take the prayer request to Israel. And, you know, he has some, there are some rabbis there that they will bury it in the place where Jesus, uh, around Jesus' tomb. Look, whether you bury it here, you bury it there, you take it to space, you burn it, it means nothing. What are those things? Gimmicks. They're just gimmicks. And it's amazing. Sheep are sheep. Sheep will just do. And sometimes we don't think. Please think. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So, does God want us to prosper? Absolutely. And how are we going to prosper? By lining up with his word. By lining up with his word. Coming in line with his word. Living according to his word. And following the leading of his spirit. If we do that, will he prosper us? He will. Remember, the spirit and the word agree. If the spirit of God says something, it will line up with the word of God. If I just come and I say, the spirit of God told me that you should do so and so. And it's something that is not scriptural. Well, it's not the spirit of God. Do you see that? Amen. So, that's why we ought to put the word of God first. By following God's word and obeying the holy ghost god will prosper us and don't forget there's a place of a good work ethic there's a place of diligence there's a place of applying ourselves being the best we can you know sometimes some people say they're persecuting me where i work they're not promoting me well they're not persecuting you you come to work late everything they give you you do it in a you, you do you you, you you do it half-heartedly you don't go, do a good job you know uh, and then you're always the first one to also leave and then you have every excuse imaginable some unimaginable and then you're saying they're persecuting you if you are the one who hired somebody who was doing that will you keep them 
Amen. Praise God. Now, I want us to talk about, in talking about emphasizing God's word, we know that the whole Bible is written for us, right? But we know that the epistles are written to us. Yeah, thank God for the Old Testament. Thank God for the four Gospels. Thank God for the Acts of the Apostles. All of those are written for our benefit. But you see, the epistles are the letters written to church. Is there some extra emphasis where the epistles are concerned in talking to the believer? There is. Now, in going through the epistles, you know, we find that there are certain things that are stated clearly in black and white in addressing Christians relative to money, prosperity, and giving. So, I want us to just examine some of these principles. You know, principles in God's word, in the epistles, regarding money, giving, and prosperity. I did something with these principles. I have a Bible, a particular Bible that I mark. You know, I have one I don't mark. You know, sometimes I discover that when I mark, uh, my, uh, my attention goes on what I marked and doesn't go on other things. So I have one that I mark. Then I have some others I don't mark. And I have some I've marked and marked and marked and marked and marked. And they are torn with my markings. You know, I have some I've taped and taped and taped. And I can't tape them anymore, so I just get another one. Well, I mark these uh, scriptures. I actually mark them in green. They're very important scriptures to note, to meditate on, to feed on. And they just go from Romans down through to Jude. They are in the epistles, which are the letters written to the church. And they talk about money, about prosperity, and about giving. So let's examine some of these principles and see what God's word has to say to us as believers. Well, number one, I'll read the scripture first. Romans 11, 33 to 35. It says, all oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has first given to him, and it shall be recompensed to him again. Now, this is the principle. Number one, believers are not able to give anything to God that did not originate with God. Believers are not able to give anything to God that did not originate with God. Believers are not able to give anything to God that did not originate with God. Believers are not able to give anything to God that did not originate with God. Believers are not able to give anything to God that did not originate with God. See, anything that we give to God, it came from God. Are you listening? So really, our giving should be born out of a heart of gratitude, out of a heart of worship, not out of a heart of, I'm demanding God to do this because I gave this. No. The thing that I gave was he not even God that gave me. So what do I have that I have not received? So the ability to be able to give is even God that gave me. The thing that I'm giving is God that gave me. So there's nothing that I'm able to give to God that did not first originate with him. Praise God. We see the same principle in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. 1 Chronicles 29, 11 to 14. 1 Chronicles 29... 11 to 14 and 16. First Chronicles chapter 29, verses 11 to 14, and in verse 16. 
1 Chronicles 11, 29, 11 to 14 and verse 16. So the principle, believers are not able to give anything to God that did not originate with God. Romans 11, 33 to 35. Now, second thing, you know, when Romans now, first of the epistles is Romans, when chapter 11, the next chapter, chapter 12, second principle, some believers operate in a special grace of giving. Some believers operate in a special grace of giving. Some believers operate in a special grace of giving. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Having then gifts differing, according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Romans 12, 6 to 8. Second point, that's the one we are on. Some believers operate in a special grace of giving. Now, is this talking about ministry offices? Not necessarily. These are just some extra grace things. For instance, it says he that showeth mercy should do it with cheerfulness. Shouldn't we all show mercy? It says he that prophesies should do it according to the proportion of faith. But shouldn't we all prophesy? The Bible says ye may all prophesy one by one. It says, he that ruleth, let him do with diligence. You should at least be able to lead yourself. If you can't lead anybody. And if you are head of a home, you are leading. You are leading in some form. But some people have some extra grace in some of these areas. And you notice, it, in listing this, talking about these gifts, and incidentally, the Greek word is charisma, miraculous faculty. One of them is he that giveth. See, some people have some extra grace with giving. Some people are grace. And sometimes what happens with such people is that God may bring resources their way for them to manage. God could bring, you know, there's some people that are just kingdom financiers and they are graced to do that. They are graced to do that. The Bible calls it a grace and that they should give with simplicity. With simplicity. Well, number three. Three, believers are called upon to be diligent in business. Believers are called upon to be diligent in business. Don't be lazy. Be diligent in the work you do. Be diligent in business. Romans 12, 11. We're still in Romans. We were in um, from verses four to, uh, verse 6 to 8. Then we're in verse 11 of Romans 12. The Bible says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Notice Romans 12, 11, not slothful in business. The point, third point, believers are called upon to be diligent in business. Don't be lazy. Don't be lazy. The Bible says the hand of the diligent will be a rule. The Bible says, seest thou a man diligent in his business, he will stand before kings and not mean men. Whatever you do, be the best you can be. Amen. Be your very best. Be your very best. Amen. Be diligent. Put in your effort into it. Don't do a sloppy job. Don't do a slipshod job. Put your heart into it. Number four. Number four. Believers are called upon. Still in Romans. Believers are called upon to be responsible toward their financial obligations. Believers are called upon to be responsible toward their financial obligations. Believers are called upon to be responsible toward their financial obligations. 
believers are called upon to be responsible toward their financial obligations romans 13 romans 13 from verse 6 to 8 romans 13 from verse 6 to 8 romans 13 from verse 6 to 8 believers are called upon to be responsible toward their financial obligations romans 13 6 to 8 for this cost pay ye tribute also for their god's ministers attending continually upon this everything render therefore all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due custom to whom custom fear to whom fear honor to whom honor owe no man anything but to love one another for he that loved one another has fulfilled the law Weymouth's translation of verse 8 says leave no debts unpaid except the standing debts of mutual love now what is this talking about pay your tax pay your tax if you were to ask how many people here pay taxes and i'm not asking you know that we are before god how many people pay taxes we might be shocked with how many don't pay their taxes we should pay taxes let me tell you something if you are owing somebody money maybe something happened you took a loan or soft loan you know they say soft loans are there loans that are hard whatever kind of loan and you're owing somebody money are you listening don't let the person be pursuing you it's not good are there times when something happens and you have a little bit of a situation if that happens you be the one calling the person you be the one pursuing the person call the person i'm owing you so and so i haven't forgotten this is what's going on you see what causes trouble and makes people uncomfortable is when you are owing and you are dodging and they're not hearing from you and you're acting like there's nothing no don't do that in actual fact make sure you pay as at when due that's what's best you see is this part of the prosperity message believe me it is we don't want to make god look bad we don't want to act irresponsible towards our financial obligations you don't want to do that pay as at when due do your utmost best i'll say this you see don't try to live beyond your means you're not trying to impress anybody if you are not there yet you're not there yet if you keep believing god and keep working with him the time will come you will get there if you are not trying to operate where you are not what's going to happen is this that place that you are eyeing, you may never get there because you are destroying your possibility of being able to ever get there don't live beyond your means you are not trying to impress anybody you're not trying to impress anybody if possible live a little lower than where you, what you really can afford don't try to live you know they say fake it until you make it what are you faking what are you making they say it's faith that's not faith that's make belief you're trying to impress people people won't be impressed forget it forget it stop trying to impress people who can't be impressed where you are is where you are it's okay if you keep working with god keep trusting him he will lift you high do you get my point yeah that's very important believers are called upon to be responsible toward their financial obligation let's say you live somewhere but you are the one who never pays association dues you are the one who is always cantacarous you are the one who always does does that you now wonder why your neighbor will never follow you to church you just say look at that irresponsible desperado 
what does he have to tell me he should tell himself first isn't it and you see some of those things can weaken our witness they can weaken our witness we don't want that you see we are the only bible some people will ever read number five believers have a duty somebody say duty say duty believers have a duty to minister financially to those who have spiritually blessed them believers have a duty it's a duty to minister financially to those who have spiritually blessed them believers have a duty to minister financially to those who have spiritually blessed them believers have a duty to minister financially to those who have spiritually blessed them romans 15 romans 15 from 25 to 27 romans 15 from 25 to 27 says but now i go into jerusalem to minister unto the saints for it has pleased them of macedonia and achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at jerusalem it has pleased them verily and their debtors they are for if the gentiles have been partakers of their spiritual things their duty i'm not the one that coined the word duty is there in the verse is in the bible their duty is also to minister unto them in canal things it's a duty amen galatians 6 6 let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things so you see believers have a duty to minister financially to those who have spiritually blessed them i'll give an example you're a student here if this school is a blessing to you in any way what about asking you how can i help rhema be able to reach other people see your fees isn't what sends you to school what you pay is just about a, a third of what it actually costs of the value of the training and that's why i'll encourage you if you aren't a partner what about being a partner if you consider this school is not blessing me then don't be a partner amen but if you are being blessed what about wanting other people to be blessed also so that they can get the same thing you're getting and you know something when we have such a heart of love praise god what happens god blesses us in return number six number six ministers have a right to be supported financially by their work in the ministry ministers have a right it's a right to be supported financially by their work in the ministry ministers have a right to be supported financially by their work in the ministry see the bible says those who wait at the altar should eat of the altar you know, of course they should make sure they don't eat the altar but they can eat off the altar praise god ministers have a right to be supported financially by their work in the ministry now we're done with romans we're in first corinthians now first corinthians chapter 9 first corinthians chapter 9 from verse 4 to 15 first corinthians chapter 9 from verse 4 to 15 first corinthians 9 from verse 4 to 15 have we not, the, have we not power to eat and to drink have we not power to lead about a sister a wife as well as other apostles and as the brethren of the lord and cephas that's peter or i only am barnabas 
have not we power to forbear walking we can keep from walking you know and just be supported solely by the ministry we have the right to that who goes a warfare anytime at his own charges who does that nobody who plants a vineyard and eats not the fruit thereof nobody or who feeds a flock and eats not the milk of the flock no one does that say things as a man or say not the law the same also for it is written in the law of moses thou shalt not muzzle the ox the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn now what does that mean many times oxen are used to tread maize from the cob and what happens is that the 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 uh stalks of the of the maize they are put there maybe put in a in a room or somewhere and then the oxen now step on them and walk there as the oxen is walking on the corn they tread it out of the cob and it comes out of the cob so that the people can now take the grain from the cob but it says the bible says don't muzzle the mouth of the ox you see oxen also eat corn don't tie the mouth of that ox as the ox is treading the thing out and doing work for you if it is also hungry let it eat uh, you know all this ox is good for is to do work for me the, the ox will starve it's not godly are you listening yeah don't be stingy to your pastor thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn doth god take care for oxen is it because of oxen that god said that or seeth he eat altogether for our sakes for our sakes no doubt it is written this is written that he that plows should plow in hope and he that threshes in hope should be take of his hope if we have sown to you spiritual things is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things now another translation actually william's translation says if from the spiritual seed for you is it too great for us to reap a material support from you if others be partakers of this power of this right over you are not we rather nevertheless we have not used this power this right but we allow all things suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of christ there were times when paul waived his right to be supported in certain places yeah he took wages from some churches but there are some places where he waived his right to be supported because it felt like in those cases it will hinder the cause of christ but he was saying it was still his right amen do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar even so has the lord ordained so it's god's ordination it's god's ordinance that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel but i have used none of these things neither have i written these things that it should be done unto me for it were better for me to die than any man should make my glory in void yeah that was paul's heart now in first timothy 5 17 and 18 first timothy 5 17 and 18 it says let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor especially they who labor in the word and doctrine for the scripture saith thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treaded out the corn and the laborer is worthy of his reward william's translation of verse 17 it says elders who do their duties well 
should be considered as deserving twice the salary they get especially those who keep on toiling in preaching and teaching see this is particularly talking about the pastor's office and more so about your pastor amen we'll be back after the break this ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins from a Bible Training Center, Nigeria. 